Welcome to Pick Up Your Sticks, where we talk about why gaming matters with your host Walker Neer and Brett Lindley. I'm Walker, and today we are super excited to talk about the full release of Deep Rock Galactic, a co-op exploration, mining, and combat game from the developer Ghost Ship Games. Additionally, we'll have a special contest announcement somewhere in the episode to say thank you to all our recent listeners, so be sure to listen for details on how to enter. So what's up, Brett? What got you picking up your sticks this week? Well, I think we've both been picking up our sticks for the same thing, and uh, I've been doing some single player as well, and that is good old Deep Rock Galactic. Yeah. Um, so Deep Rock Galactic, it's on Steam, although I think it's actually releasing on consoles also, or maybe yeah, now I, be I on saw console. some notes on like Xbox patches mm-hmm. and stuff, so... Yeah, I think at least the full release. I don't know that they're... So it, it just came out of Early Access on May 13th. Um, it's been an early access. I, I want to say for maybe at least a year, maybe a little more. Um, I had actually looked at it probably about a year ago, actually. Yeah. And, um, thought that it might, might be a fun thing to, to co-op and play. Um, but no one else that I knew was really that (laughs) intrigued by it. Um, and, and honestly, a lot of that was just because it was early access and, Early access can be really hit and miss, as we've talked about endlessly, you know, on the, right. on the pod. But uh, you know, you get a game like Levelhead that, right out of the gate in early access, is a pretty complete, pretty good done. game. Yeah. Right? Um, but then you get something like the. I think for us, the two most infamous examples are are towns, and then uh, now I'm going to forget the name of it. There's- there's three that come to mind for me. Go ahead. Towns, No Man's Sky, and which wasn't early access. That was, a, but it was. It was. They just yeah, didn't. But that's not early it. access. We it can't, was though. It was just because they didn't call it early access doesn't mean it wasn't freaking early. No, access. No, that's so confusing. Well, let's just call it peanut butter and jelly then. Ah, uh, Starbound. <laughs> oh, okay. But I don't know that Starbound. So that's fair, and and you and I did have a bad experience with Starbound and Early Access. They said it was going to be a bad experience, though. Yeah. And they also, like, we supported it before it was in, like, Greenlight or anything. We supported it through their website, and they yeah. said, if you're going to do this, it's, it's not – this isn't even Early Access. This is just Early Alpha, which is fair, but – But for both of us, it created a scenario where we played, and it was boring pretty quickly because there just mm-hmm. really wasn't that much to it. And then it was hard to go back later because it kind of right. spoiled it. Um, but no, so the one that I'm thinking of is you'll Tim Schaefer was involved in the the making of it, and it was like space based DF9 or something. Okay, I didn't play space based DF9. You okay, did. okay, yeah, yeah so you got it. burned on space base. Right, I got uh, kind of burned on like Halcyon, but. Mm. that was when everybody else was playing ftl right right well so space base df9 it just they, they had a five-year roadmap in like a year in they were like yeah we're not making enough money sorry walking away and then that was it they just stopped development towns like just vanished they didn't right. even they like oh we're gonna change hands we're like selling the company but it's still in develop blah 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 and then no, nothing happened it just poof yeah well i think that um I think I was more surprised by by the space base one than towns because space base actually had like a real publisher behind it, whereas towns was like right. 
a guy or maybe a couple of small group yeah yeah A, a real true indie that i'd never heard of whereas again the other one actually i mean tim schaefer's kind of a famous name in gaming um anyway that's a long tangent on early access of course welcome to me um but yeah so but deep rock galactic uh so you and i picked it up what maybe two months ago a month ago uh, at least two months ago, yeah. maybe even a little bit earlier than because we've had a couple of we played like one or two nights and was like, yeah, this is fun. And then we both just got sidetracked really hard into other things. So it may have been a little bit more than two months ago. I'm pretty sure we actually got it. Um, I think you're right, because I think we got it actually at the end towards the end of February, because if I remember correctly, it, it, they had a, a steam sale event. Yeah. And I think it had a free weekend. And that's yes, how we decided had to a try free it. Weekend. Yep. So we checked it out and we both liked it and it was on sale. I mean, it's only 30 full price, but it was on sale for, I think, 20 or something. I don't know, somewhere right. like that. And so we decided to go ahead and pick it up. But I think I went to Orlando shortly thereafter mm. for PodFest time. And, um, and so then when I came back then doom was coming out right and you know we just kind of it just kind of got lost in the shuffle but yeah we never had any bone to pick with it like no no it was like we it was free weekend we played one match and we were both like yeah so i'm just gonna buy it right now like i'm i don't want to forget that the free weekend or sale is over we both were like after our first match was like so we're i guess i'm just buying this now Right. Like, it was like, yeah, which, like, okay, great. Which for the listeners credit, so they understand where this, what that means for me to say that is actually not really that remarkable because right. I might yeah. just see a title and be like, eh, I should buy that. But for you yeah. to be willing to buy something after a single match, that's a, that's a strong endorsement. I'll yeah, say. it is. It is a pretty big, it's a weighted endorsement. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so, uh, so yeah, like I like I said in the intro, you know, it's a, a, a co-op game. Like Brett said, you can play single player. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely designed around co-op. Oh yeah. It is designed heavily around co-op. And it we'll get into it, but it has a lot of mechanics that really encourage friendly play. Uh that I just love. That's something that that I, I definitely did want to make sure and mention um in talking about it is that I've actually been really impressed with the community. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't have a thousand hours in it yet or something. No. I've got maybe 15, I think, or 20, somewhere in that range. Um, but I haven't had a single truly negative experience. Like We had yeah. a guy the other day when we were playing that we were both kind of like, is this guy trying to be like a bully or something? Or is he just annoying? <laughs> and then, yeah, it turned out he just fell into the annoying category, yeah. which, hey, to each his own. But, um, but to, before we get too deep into that, the game, oh, sure. what what is it? It's so we've we've said it's kind of a it's a cooperative game. It's a first mm-hmm. person shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, you play as one of currently four classes of dwarf. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're all dwarves in space working for a mining corporation doing what space dwarves do, which is mining minerals and killing bug aliens. Right. Um and yeah, and it, it it I think it does a good job of leaning into into all of those ideas simultaneously. Like mm-hmm. it's not an exploration game where the combat feels like an afterthought. Right. Or or vice versa. Yeah. Um I think it all I think it's all pretty well done. Um and it for those of you which I know Brett, you haven't played these games, or if you have at least a very limited amount, but like it it's kind of 
you know, the four player co-op is kind of reminiscent of like a Left 4 Dead or a Vermintide, um, except that in Left 4 Dead, there's no meta progression. Right. In Vermintide, there is a meta progression to it. Um, so it's kind of similar to that. Um, or, or like Payday 2 is also another example that I've played a lot right. where, you know, like in Left 4 Dead, no matter who you pick, you all play the same. You all pick up the same pistol and assault rifle and it all is the same. Um, in Vermintide or in Payday, the different characters are effectively different classes and get access right. to different utilities. Um, and yeah, so I think, in, so in DRG, it's definitely got four unique, distinct classes. And honestly, I've tried all of them. And I think all of them are, are enjoyable. I think they're all well-designed and well-done. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. And they're, that's interesting because they're, similar to like a MOBA or, you know, even a, like a first person MOBA, like an Overwatch or Paladins or something, they, every character has like a movement tech, um, mm-hmm. but they're all very complementary, And like all the, all the classes are designed in such a way where they are all fun. They all have their strengths and weaknesses, but they also, it's so strangely balanced. I don't know if it's just because there's only four classes so they could spend that much time balancing, but from a mechanics perspective, any two like you can have all four of the same character so that's one thing that i think is valuable to say up front that it doesn't require you to have four different you that's can all true. play the same class yep. and that works you can it, it you can make it work and those if they're all the same class they'll complement each other which is weird right but then it, it's basically just how you go about the problem solving what direction and how the classes will complement each other. So the the four classes are the the miner or digger, driller, uh, the heavy weapons gunner, the engineer, and the scout. And it, it gives me this kind of like lost Vikings kind of feel. Mm-hmm. But it, so for example, like the engineer gets a weapon, his movement tech, quote unquote, is a gun that shoots out a platform. Whatever it hits will turn into this little platform. Uh, great for bridging small gaps, or we even encountered a couple of players that made cover above us so that things mm-hmm. couldn't attack us from above. All, also, all of the maps are kind of procedurally generated environments. Yep. So they're yep. 3D environments, and sometimes you have to dig through a tunnel to break. It's all destructible terrain, um, and the rooms are not always connected. So sometimes you have to dig into the next room really feel mm-hmm. like a dwarf but so that movement platform is great and but it's an ammo based thing so it's you can't like over abuse it um but then the scout has a grappling hook now only he can use the grappling hook and it shoots a, like a short to medium range but then you know he can't he's a lot weaker in health so he'll take more fall damage so if you have an engineer you can like mark on the map, like, hey, I found some minerals up here with your little marker gun, and it'll announce it to everybody and show the location. And then that kind of signals the engineer to shoot a platform underneath it, and then the scout can grappling hook up and, and use it. But likewise, if you have two engineers, well, now you just have double the ammo, which means they can work together to place platforms, you know, kind of spam them more. Or likewise, if you have two scouts, they can use their gla- grappling hooks and not work, just zip lining all over the place or zipping. Yeah. 
Well, and I think with like with the scout, if I'm not mistaken, the grappling hook, like you can't take another action while you're grappling. Yeah, so no, you can't. You can't so I can't. Mine. Yeah, you can't mine the the gunner has the zip line, which is a mechanical yeah. zip line, and that you can take an action on, but it's slower. But it has much longer range too. So it's also he, permanent. Yeah, and it's that's true. That's a that's a big point. It puts a pole in the ground in each location and makes a zip line to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So with the gunner, you can like you can you know shoot next to some minerals and then make your way across the zip line and then mine or shoot or whatever from right. the zip line. Whereas the grappling hook, you can't. So the grappling hook, scout and the engineer, like Brett was saying, pair so well because yeah, you can just all over the place be like, hey, there's minerals up there. Scout grappling to it. Engineer puts a platform, scout mines it, good to go. But that also doesn't mean that the zip line isn't useless as the scout, because the zip line has a ridiculous range. You mean the grappling? Or, no, no, the zip line from the gunner. Oh, okay. So, like, if you find the scout and there's a gunner, I his zip lines aren't useless to me because the grappling hook has like a thirty meter range, and the zip line has like a hundred meter range. So, if there's a really tall cliff. I might have to like finagle my way on top of like a tree and hope to not fall and die and use my grappling hook in weird ways. Whereas the zip line just boink, it's all the way up there. I'm, I'm riding the zip line <laughs> or right. in combat when there's a bunch of monsters on the ground, you can kind of go back and forth in the middle of the zip line and shoot down. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've definitely had situations because so it's, it, this is a mechanic that's in the left for dead and the, kind of the payday but but vermintide 2 i haven't played the first one um where it'll have like a swarm that attacks basically right. and and i've definitely as the gunner before had a zip line just going above the area where we're fighting and just stayed on that zip line the entire time mm, just rain down bullets right yep. <laughs> so. uh everybody gets a grenade uh a primary weapon a secondary weapon and a pickaxe because you're a dwarf like it i i really love how much it leans into space dwarves like yes it, it is equal parts space where you know everything's kind of high-tech and futuristic looking and there's robots and and stuff but it's also just like you're still dwarves with a pickaxe mining rocks <laughs> yes yes no agree agree entirely um it actually kind of makes me it also a little bit makes me think of orcs um a little yeah but i don't but that's probably just because they have the accents and are slightly crass i mean they don't there's a there's a tiny bit of swearing yes but yeah. i don't think you're dropping f-bombs or anything. no 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 yeah um but yeah so it's it, it's cool to see the synergy between the four classes and to, i think that's a really good point that you made that it's, it's also definitely cool that you're not required to use all four classes mm -hmm. just so it doesn't create a problem where like if you and i both wanted to play the same class right there's not the you know flip a coin to see who gets it or whatever well, you know like, what I mean? and none of them feel overpowered compared to each other right like, or underpowered yeah or underpowered all of them have their own strengths and weaknesses but like i said like the engineer and the scout complement each other great but a scout and a scout complement each other just as well Mm -hmm. Like, and so does a driller and a driller. Like I kind of looked at the driller and I was like, I don't know. That doesn't seem like it's going to be that much fun. The first mission we had a driller in our mission on, I was like, oh my God, this guy is amazing. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So the driller gets like his movement ability, if you will, is you basically just get two giant drill bits on the end of your hands and 
you you can just plow straight through any anything yeah um, it's very quick to move to make a tunnel so it's funny because so you know you typically the way the missions play out and they're not all identical there's a, a variety of mission types but generally most of them i would say involve you collecting or harvesting some some sort of resources um and then trying to make it back to your ship within like a five minute countdown timer so right. you've gone through the cave you've done all this exploring and and found the stuff and now you've got to get back out right um and and if you don't have a driller like you're having to to climb back out the way you came and and you know if you put zip lines down with a gunner use those the scouts i i usually don't play the scout the scouts will abandon me by just zip lining them or <laughs> i definitely them. I, I try to play a good scout though and i will throw flares up so his like his support weapon is a flare gun which behaves so the, that's one thing we haven't mentioned the game is dark the game is like it's it is scary levels of dark without being really scary yeah, it, literally, you mean lighting dark. Yeah, not no, really sorry, thematically the, yeah, not, dark. The, not the thematically. The, the, <laughs> yeah. the cave, you're in a cave and there's no lights. Yes. Um, you get glow sticks and you can have like four up at a time and they burn for maybe a minute. Um, and they're not a great amount of light. But when you're in a hurry to get back and you've been jumping down all these platforms and stuff, you're not thinking about it. And the return zones ends up at a random place and you could play in a level for 30 minutes and then five minutes to get all the way back all while aliens are swarming in the whole time mm -hmm. and so yeah scouts often are just like they kind of have as long as you don't get lost it's easy movement tech but i will try to shoot the flare gun all the way back so that other people don't have to throw flares or worry about trying to see the terrain or anything so i, I try to play a good scout i don't That's just true. abandon i try to scout you know right right <laughs> um but yeah, but so the, with so you can see on the mini like on the map or on the screen like you can see a a marker that indicates where the drop pod is, so you kind of know where you're going, even through the walls and everything. Right. It has just kind of a little not a silhouette, but just a little icon for it. Um, and yeah, as the driller, oftentimes I've been playing that a lot recently. Oftentimes I'll just point myself directly at the ship and just go straight through <laughs> solid rock wall. And then pop out right in front of the ship and get and it and go. Meet most people. <laughs> like yeah, Right. Yeah, it's great. It's I'm trying so to good. zip line back and check my map and follow the so you've got this little cargo drone thing that comes with you that you empty off because you can only have so much in your inventory at one time. So you have to empty out your gems and ores and stuff into this little cargo drone. Mm -hmm. And when the drop when you call the drop pod with it, the drop pod lands and then the drone just marches back up. But he'll march on the walls and the ceiling and however and right. leave little flags behind him like a breadcrumb trail that have arrows pointing in the direction that it went. Mm -hmm. And yeah, but even with those, you're fighting stuff, stuff's coming at you. You could get turned around easily. Right. And that driller just like. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, no, it's um, it, it it's a it's a very fun class because it, it as much as there is like, again, you might see like, you know, a scout and an engineer combo where they're marking minerals up on a wall and then the, the guy drops a little platform. The other guy grapples to it. And it's like, Oh, look at that collaboration. And then you have a driller that just drills a, a ramp basically mm -hmm. for himself up to that place on the wall. And it's like, <laughs> huh, all of the tricky collaboration that mm -hmm. seemed like it was required actually wasn't just brute force, which right. and the other thing is, is like, you know, 
anybody can do kind of what the driller does just really slowly because everybody's got a pickaxe but it doesn't right. mine quite as bit like it mines a smaller space and you mm -hmm. can mine a corkscrew up a wall to get to a resource or something but yeah. the, the driller is just so ridiculously fast i also love he's got the 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 shrapnel charge too or the the satchel charge right yes the c4 yeah so i love there there are definitely areas where it's obvious that the wall is blocking the next room because they'll just be this big semicircular dirt wall where it like caved in or something and yeah. two or three players will run up to it and start hitting it with their pickaxes like and it takes three swings to make one indent sort of thing and yeah, the driller just walks up and either burrows a tunnel all the way through or just slaps on some C4 and blows the entire hall like wall out. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's sitting there like ding 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 and you're just like beep 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 back up guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there. Can we not spend 5 minutes digging through the wall like <laughs> Right. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's I'm I'm you know something that you've mentioned, two things that you've mentioned I I want to point out um as as things that I think are easy to overlook is just like, yeah, I don't know. It's just the way they made the game, but I think are really brilliant design choices. And, and one is the mule is what they call the, yeah. the thing where you pour your gems and what you, how you explained when it goes back to the drop pod, a, it shows you the path. If you can keep up with it, cause it's going back there. So now you know which way to go. Cause it's not going to burrow through a wall. Right. right? It may walk uh, up a wall or through a ceiling. It tries to stay on level ground and it tries to kind of pathfind in a way that you could probably follow. Yes. But like if there was a situation where you, when you were going into the cave, you like jump down a chasm, let's say 10 feet. So it's a survivable jump. Right. But there's not a clear way back up. It's going to go up the wall. Yeah, it goes up the wall. <laughs> um, but it leaves, as you all, all, also described, it leaves these little markers that have flags on them that point and little arrows, I should say on the flag that point the direction that the mule is going. Yeah. So even if you lose the mule because it got ahead of you, you can still keep up with its breadcrumbs mm -hmm. and then see. Well, and the little and holographic flags, like it, it, again, it reinforces the kind of space and futuristic. Cause you kind of easily lose that. It just with the fact that you have a pickaxe. Yeah. But like, then you see these things like little holograms and robots and things. And yeah, the little flags are like these double arrow green holograms. They give a little bit of a light radius. And, mm -hmm. um, and then the, the other thing is the dirt wall. Um, again, it's not, I mean, it's not that significant, but, but it, it's again, it's a it's a nice um, there doesn't have to be on screen text explaining to you constantly like how to find it. It, 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 it becomes intuitive because you only see dirt if it's a pathway. There's right. never dirt because you always have a scanner. So you can scan any material that you're looking at to see what it is and it'll show it's common rock or it's gold or it's whatever thing you're looking for. But if it shows dirt you know that that dirt is connected to another room you could get right. to if you can get through that dirt. Um, and I just think that the game is full of, again, those are two examples of it, but I think that the game is full of little things like that that try and make it intuitive yes. instead of just needlessly complicated well it's 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 the in intuition part as well as because like in the training it tells you like dirt usually means a cave-in yeah and you can but it never tells you again right but it's also just visually it's not just that it's dirt but it almost always is like this kind of like a giant archway so mm -hmm. like uh, it's kind of this half circle 
you know, mm-hmm. section of a wall that'll be flat or it'll be sunken in some. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's very easy to see like, oh, hey, this probably now it doesn't always lead straight to the, the next room. Sometimes you have to go up, down, left or right. But the, the map system is a pretty easy 3D map system uh, mm-hmm. that works pretty well for a procedural cave. And again, just gives you that feeling of like, not like 50s tech, but like, I don't know, maybe 90s tech or something mm-hmm. um, where it's like a scanning lines kind of map and but it it works really well and you can go okay i gotta dig up and to the left at the dirt wall so it's not always just straight but it's it's easy to know that something's beyond it right if you dig through the dirt and hit a solid wall you didn't go you need to angle a different way because there is always an opening on the other side of the dirt i guess maybe an easy way to say it uh, on at least on some face of the dirt (laughs) um but yeah super super cool how they've they've done that um well i also love it because because everything is destructible but it's also dense like i don't i've never gone to the center of the earth in any of the missions or anything um because like you take a spaceship to every mission but that spaceship is also just a giant drill and it shows you going down like twenty thousand kilometers or something mm-hmm. right? it's like a ridiculous amount of space and so yeah, it's just like I've never tried to dig to the bottom or the top, but you can burrow your way to other rooms without using the dirt wall. Like you can use the dirt wall as the obvious route, but they give you so much room. Like I haven't hit an invisible wall. Like there's so right. much room for you to just here's the map. It's infinite rock in that direction, but if you want to get to this room over here, you could burrow your way to it or you could try to follow the natural cavern. Right, right. Um, yeah, I've definitely, as a driller, missed a room that I was trying to drill to and ended up, like, in a sidewall of the room and not not recognize that immediately. Right. Because I'm just in a tunnel that I've been digging in. <laughs> and, yeah, as far as I know, I, I could have just kept going for a long time. Like, I opened up the map, and it showed the tunnel I was in, but then showed nothing beyond that. Like, it's not connecting anything. So right. I don't know if there's an invisible wall eventually. I, would, I mean, I'm sure there probably is, but I would it's assume probably so far out that you get kicked from the team before because they'll just leave. <laughs> they'll just finish the mission and go before you hit anything because they just have to have solid rock all the way there. Right. Like right. you're you're not mining even as the digger, you're not mining that fast that you're gonna go that far. Right. Um, but I think, and I honestly, I think that there's actually a lot that we, frankly, still have yet to discover. Like when I was. Yeah looking at mission types last night, there are missions that have like modifiers where there's like extra gold on this one or uh, more enemies in this one. Or there was one I played on that was low oxygen. Yep. I have no idea how you get more oxygen and I just kept suffocating <laughs> and I was in a, in just a pug with, with randoms and I asked in chat, how do I get oxygen? And I assume they just didn't see it. Right. But no one said anything. And I died like four times in, two minutes and felt bad because they kept resing me. Oh but- yeah. So I had, I had the same experience today where I, I decided to join pugs today. I did some single player the other day, which I think was also important to get into because that's done differently. But mm-hmm. the today I joined one that was like uh golden monsters, which monster all monsters drop gold when they die, which is awesome. Except mm. it fills up your bag real quick. And then, but then also like uh it, exploder infestation which just meant that the the bugs that explode when you kill them, there was just like 
they were in every wave and they were five or six or eight of them. So I definitely had like mined up the side of a wall and I didn't realize that that's what I was like playing. And I was getting some minerals and some bugs attacked. And so I've got shotgun and, you know, kill a couple of bugs. And then, yeah, just like three explody bugs all squish into my tunnel and I can't get out. And they're all right in melee contact. So just boom, boom, and I'm instantly dead. And I think I got res like four or five times within probably two minutes on that stupid mission. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but I mean, like I said, I mean, in, in my case, they didn't answer my question, but I, I don't think they were just ignoring me because, again, they, they didn't abandon me. Right. Um, and yeah, the community's been exceptionally nice. And at any point in time, you can see how many players are on. And usually when we're playing in the evenings, I'm seeing around 90 to 100,000. So, I mean, that's a pretty sizable community. Yeah. Um, and yeah, everyone's been super, super chill and nice so far and helpful. And uh, we have played with some guys who are like super, super high level. Right. Um, and that's interesting to see because <laughs> they have some tricky stuff. But yeah, um, yeah I don't know. It's It's been really enjoyable so far. And I've, I'm glad that we found it because it's a fun it's a fun co-op game and like like we played borderlands together and mm -hmm. borderlands 3 was, a, it was obviously we had a ton of fun with it yep but it it's not really i mean it's co-op because you're playing together and you're cooperating but there's not really any synergies to it. right um whereas this is tons of synergy the most you get is like one person stun locks something and the other like one person cc's and one person dps's but then it switches back and forth and Right. Everyone right. Is, can do everything, which I mean is kind of the same for Deep Rock, but like your equipment loadouts are also just as balanced. Like you can have a grenade that makes a, a shield for all your allies, or a grenade that makes a slow field that the enemies like move real slow through, or a cryo grenade that freezes everything so that they take more damage or whatever. And like they just all feel like they work well together. Like every it feels like even at the times I like I don't feel like I'm doing anything. Are you mining rocks? Are you killing bugs? You're doing something useful. Like, right. So it doesn't matter if you're good or bad. You're you're doing something useful. And I think that the way that the game is laid out, I've only ever seen one person leave a team in the middle of a game. Mm. But like, and I got kicked from one game, but it gave a kick reason. And they, they like typed in a reason for the kick reason. And I was like, we're so sorry. We meant to make this a private game. I was like, oh, Oh, okay, yeah, I get that. That's fine. Um, but I think the, the game encourages cooperation in these really subtle ways. Like, it encourages good behavior and doesn't it doesn't reward bad behavior. It encourages good behavior, but it also, there's, like, no like punishment-type stuff outside of just, like, if you get swarmed by aliens, you're going to die. Right. But, like, I, what I'm trying to say is that there's a lot of places, like, in the end of a mission, you get a bonus if all four dwarves survive. That's that's experience, gold, minerals, all that stuff all get bonused if all four players survive. Right. So it's like you as a scout, you don't just want to zip line away. You actually kind of want to scout ahead and leave flares for everybody else and kill some monsters or find the best path. Because if you if somebody dies back there, you don't get that bonus, you know? And we've had, I mean, we've had some some great adventures. I mean, just the other day we were playing, and we were playing on this ice map, and I think it was maybe the first time, at least I had ever played on one. And 
you just be walking you know around and i don't know what the trigger was I'm, I'm sure there's an obvious one but i don't know and the ground would just crack beneath us and and there's just a ravine all of a sudden where i'm standing yep i was playing as the driller so i can't grappling hook myself out i can't climb back out other than to dig myself out right but it was at the end so everyone else is already gone to go back to the drop pod and i'm the only one that fell and you actually came back and then basically guarded me while I dug. Yep. <laughs> like, I've got your back. I will shotgun things while you dig. Right, right. And then, and so then we made it back. Um, and yeah, you know, it's just, there's just been some some hilarious moments. I mean, in times when, honestly, it's been times when we failed, mm-hmm. or I have failed at least, where like we had at least one, if not two in a row. I think it was two in a row where it kind of happened, but once very dramatically where <laughs> the drop bot is going, I wasn't playing the driller. I got turned around and didn't know where I was, but I could see the drop pod icon and it's not that far. So right. I just started trying to pick my way through to the, to the ship. And I, I finally emerged with like 10 seconds left and the rest of the group had been like, Oh, come on, you, you'll make it, you know, trying to encourage me or whatever. And I, I run towards the ship. Everyone else gets on the ship. And I run and jump onto the gate of the ship. And right as I land on it, the, the door shuts in front of me. And then the ship takes off. And then I get, and just rock. I'm inside the ship. And all of us were like watching on the map and talking like, we think he's going to make it. I think he's going to make it. It's okay. Because we can see your icon on the map. We're like, just come on. Mm-hmm. Just keep going. You are going the right direction. Just keep at it. You break through. You're like, in the room. Just get in the ship. Just come on. And we're all <laughs> like, you like jump. And we see your face appear. And we're like, yay. And the door just clink. And we're just like, no. It was so cold. It was such a harsh reality for me. Um, no, it was, I mean, it, but it was again, like even there, like even in a moment of technical failure, it was actually one of the funniest moments oh, of the game yeah. that we've had. Like it was great. Um, well, and to your point about it, you know, rewarding good behavior and, and not rewarding bad behavior. Something else I was concerned about when we very first started playing that, that is not actually a concern at all. Cause it doesn't work this way, but it's like, so in a mission, you'll have an objective to get one of the most common ones is morkite, which is just some made up element or mineral or something, right? So you're supposed to go dig morkite. Well, there's also extra minerals like gold and I don't even know the other names, but they're made up currencies basically that you use to unlock different upgrades and stuff in between missions when you go back to your home ship. Yep. Um, and I was worried that like, well, if I go mine the gold, then is that just my gold? Right. So now there's like competition between like who's spending time getting these extra resources. And no, none of that is a thing because it's all evenly split between everyone. Yep. So you could just, you know, like as the gunner, for example, you could just spend most of your time fighting while everyone else digs and mines and whatever. And it, it's totally acceptable. You're not losing out on anything. No yeah, one like else. Fighting can... gives you experience. Everything gives you experience. But like yes. gives you kind of more than anything else. So the more bugs you kill, it's just the more experience you you're the whole team gets. It's right. not just you. So you you if you spend your entire time mining resources and don't kill any bugs, you still get full XP for every bug killed. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just and so to I guess maybe that's a good way to, to segue to the to the ship between matches. So in between matches, you have this kind of capital ship that you're on. 
And there's a variety of things to upgrade and pursue. The capital ship is just the capital ship is huge, but upgrades is also there's also a huge number of upgrades, which I think, you know, focusing on that first. Yeah, I was also to your point with the like different types of minerals that you use to buy these various upgrades with and or build them or construct them or whatever. I was worried that some of them I had a lot more of than others. So it seemed like there was like common, uncommon and rare. And there kind of is like there'll be a rarity of certain things. But there's also just a mission, like three missions that you can run to unlock the trade network. And I was like, is this going to be public trading? Like, am I trading in gold for these things from other players? What's the rarity? Or is my common stuff going to be worthless and it's going to be really expensive and grindy to get the rare stuff? All of them sell for 50 minerals. All of them purchase for 150 across right. the board. Yep. It's just like, I mean, at that point, it's like, why are they different? But I wasn't really the, they're different because you need other various cool looking things in the game to go pick up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, and I think, I mean, I don't know how expensive they get later, but it's possible that you could, you know, spend all of one and then now there's right. a reason to, to buy it or whatever. Or go do missions because on the map, when you choose missions, you can see what what bonus resources, we'll call them, right. are available on that map. So then you could choose to run missions on a map that had the one that you're low on that you need to buy an upgrade or whatever. Right. Um, so yeah, as far as upgrades, you've got perks, which mm. you can have eventually, it looks like up to three passive perks at any time. Yeah, three or four and one or two actives or something like that. Yep. Um, so that's, that's, a, that's a pretty cool thing. So something that it has in common with Left 4 Dead that I'm curious on the higher difficulties, how it shakes out is so in left for dead and this happens actually in vermintide 2 at least as well um they will have special enemies that if you are isolated the enemy will basically incapacitate you so in deep rock it's like a a thing that hangs from the ceiling that'll grab you and like suck you up into it and as the player who's been attacked by it you can't really take any action you're just kind of at its mercy right in left for dead and again in vermintide there's multiple kinds of enemy special enemies that will do that sort of thing incapacitate one player and what it's really trying to what it really kind of forces you to do is to stay together right because if you isolate yourself you and you just get, get caught by one of those right then there's no one to save you um but the active perk that i think both of us use is one that allows you to free yourself at like once per mission from such a creature and i i so far I've used that a lot, but I've never had to use it more than once in a mission. You know what I mean? I did so, have one one of the missions that we were playing the other night where we had to guard the platform had one of those mosquito bugs that picked me up like three times. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah that's true. So I think I got two breakaways for free and the third one, somebody killed it. Yeah. So. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm interested to see if that becomes more prevalent on the harder difficulties, because, again, we're still at the pretty early stages of difficulty in the game. Yeah, there's tons of content for, like, so you can prestige your characters as well, which I assume works like it does in a lot of other games. You get harder stuff, and it resets your character to first level. Um, but there's also just a whole host of content that you can kind of only at least benefit from if you have a prestige character. Yes. Um, like we fought some mini bosses. I fought another whole different kind of one where we had <laughs> these lasers, like this giant rock. And then somebody put four lasers around it 
and then they dropped down this platform that shot little like barrels out of it and if you picked up the barrel it gave your pickaxe like a super boost and all of the alien insectoids were rocks and they were immune to physical weapons and you could pickaxe them to kill them and if you had the super boost it took like three hits and they then you just defended it for i don't know a couple of minutes or whatever mm-hmm. oh that's cool so yeah so i i, I actually at first i was like i don't think i'm going to look anything up but then my curiosity got the best of me so i did look up how some of the mechanics worked um so basically on the ship, there's a place called the forge. I don't know if you've ran into that. Mm-hmm. Um, the forge allows you to create certain gear for, for the characters, but in order to access the forge, you first have to have a prestige. They call it a promotion. Um, you have to, you have, but you have to have promoted one of your characters. So you have to level one of the four classes to level 25 ah. and then you can promote it. Um, but when you promote it, it actually doesn't lose any of the stuff that it's Oh, really? Playing. You reset to level one so you can gain XP again. Uh, but I'm not really sure I understand the value of gaining the XP again, other than you just get to see a number go up. Get and every time, right, every time you promote, it adds a, like, it, it, like bronze, silver, gold, and then there's between one and three stars right. for each of those tiers. So it's really just kind of a, to show how much time you've put into that particular class. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it, I think that's super cool. And, and from what I was reading, it's somewhat new and it's kind of like their, their attempt at an end game, right. something for people to do once they've you know played quite a bit. Um, but anyways, yeah, like I said, there's, there's a, a whole perk system and there's a, a variety of perks to choose from both passive and active, which I think is cool. Uh, you can, you can set up multiple different loadouts. So, you don't you're not locked into a perk selection right. per se, you know, between missions you can you can switch. Um, you can also do that with all of your equipment too. You can have equipment loadouts. Because so you, yeah, can, well, you can purchase different like every so several number of levels, you'll get an extra like all of your different equipment has a different number, I guess, of slots or whatever in it. Um, like your pickaxe has two upgrade slots, but your primary weapon may have like ten. Yeah. Um, and you unlock like, so it's like, and they're little, little passive changes. So like, like at level four on your primary weapon, maybe you unlock it so that you can choose to have either more ammo or more damage. Right. And then at level six, you can choose to have either more precision or a faster reload time. But it, there's never a downside that I've encountered so no. far. It's always just to make it more powerful or, or, you know, give it more, which I think is fun. Yeah. Uh, there's you never you're not having to worry about like am i trading off the wrong thing or am right. i well am and, I and like you have to purchase them with like your in-game credits and your minerals and stuff but you can also just purchase all of them they don't you can only have one from each slot active at a time but you can buy all of them and test them out maybe you want you know one mission you may want the sniper rifle to deal extra damage versus armor and the next one you may just want more ammo and use it more like a battle rifle or something yeah, well, and especially depending on the type of mission that you go on, because, and again, we, we're we still kind of early in, so we're kind of doing missions that are, like, based on these, um, they're, like, predetermined tracks, like, hey, complete these three missions, right. and then unlock a new weapon, or, or unlock the trader network, like you said, or whatever. Um, but eventually, once you've kind of gotten through, they're, they're called assignments, but once you've gotten through those assignments, or, like, I've the case I'm in now, I don't have access to any more assignments because they're all higher level than I am. Right. Um, 
so I'm just picking individual missions. Well, I could pick an, an, a mining mission. And so the primary focus of that is going to be collecting the resources. But maybe there's also like assassination. Or they're called extermination missions, right. I think. But where the, the focus is fighting. So then maybe you would change your loadout because you know you're going to go into a more combat-centric objective. Well, and even there are missions where you don't get the mule, where you have to return all your minerals to the base camp. And in mm -hmm. those, you may want to swap out not necessarily your equipment, but your regular perks for like carry more loot. Because right. you can't just, because the mule, you can tap a button in any other regular mission and it walks to you. Mm -hmm. So if you're full, you just stand where you are and wait for it to come to you and then dump your minerals in it and it can hold an infinite amount. So it's fine. But mm -hmm. in a mission where you have to go back, if you're in some precarious spot on a wall and you want to mine all of this, it may be better to swap your perks out for something that allows you to carry more. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um... Psst. Hey, everyone. Oh, sorry to interrupt, but we have a really exciting announcement to make. We're running our first contest to say thanks for listening. We have an extra copy of the game Gree on Steam, and if you want it, all you have to do is send an email to pickupyourstickspodcast at gmail.com with the subject contest and include a short message in the body. Tell us why you listen, your favorite episode, or comments and critiques that you have of the show. The email address can be found in the show notes as well. The drawing will be on June 1st, and you can only enter one time. So send us an email with a subject contest, tell us your thoughts, and then keep an eye on your email on June 1st to see if you've won. This is a thank you for those that listen to the episodes. So if you want your friends to enter, just ask them to listen to any of the episodes released between May 10th and May 24th for the details. Please, no sharing on Twitter or social media. Thanks. It's back to the show. But yeah, I don't know. I've just, I've been really impressed with it so far. Uh, I think it's been a, a really fun co-op experience i'm glad that you and i have been playing it together and it, it you know to 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 try and tie it back to our theme of why gaming matters like this is a perfect example of a game that like i mean you know it it's not moving us to tears like level head did right like it's not right. that level of of experience where it's just like you know or gree right it's right. not um, but there's actually, I really don't have any complaints with it either. Like it does everything it tries to do well. Well, and I, I think it really just is, I think the focus on detail and team empowerment, because like, so we've gone into the equipment, but the base, like your home base that you're in between, it has your mission select, it has your perk systems. Like it, it has four rooms, like these little apartment rooms. You can have a bed and like your own personal computers that you can do your perks on and stuff. And then you exit out into this big open hangar area. And every time I thought I had seen everything, it's actually a huge zone. Mm -hmm. And it looks like just a, a couple of rooms. And there's like a med bay. If all of the characters die in a mission and nobody can res, everybody goes to the med bay. And you guys really screwed up that one or whatever. Mm -hmm. But like even when you lose, it somehow doesn't really feel like losing. Like, everybody died, and they all the dwarves fall from the top of the screen, and there's no victory poses, everybody's limping and whatnot, but it's still, like, I maybe if I played more of it, I would get some of that salty, like, oh, gee, we should have won that one. But I'd, I'm not getting that right out the gate, which I probably would in other games. Yeah, well, I think it also, I mean, you know, the few times that, the, well, I, I, the most recent time when we all wiped that I can remember was we hadn't actually been in the map that long and 
you got pushed off of a cliff, I think by mistake, but by another player. Yep. You fell to your death. I think he wanted to res you, so then he <laughs> fell to his death. And then I wanted to res both of you, and I fell to my death. <laughs> or like there was another time where I created a zip line. Well, I, let me finish that, I guess, first. And so we all died, but we actually weren't that far in. Right, you know yeah. I mean? It's not like we were right about to finish or something. But really to contrast that, I had another game. I think this was just a pug. I don't think you were in it, but maybe you were. You'll remember or not. But um, where I was playing as the gunner, and so I had a zip line. And it was the end of the mission. So we had completed the objectives, and we're trying to get back to the drop pod. And I shoot the zip line out, and there's nothing underneath it to... <laughs> land on and i didn't realize that right so i shoot it and go across and then fall well the other guys weren't paying attention and so they're like oh cool zipline so they get on it and then also go to the end and also and then we all just are in a pile of dead wow nice zipline gunner and i was like i yeah that's my fault i did that one (laughs) okay yeah so so that was a little more disappointing but because we were at the end and we actually had completed the objective yeah that's a little and maybe because it was me, I thought it was funny. And if it was someone else, I would have been like, stupid idiot. But uh, I don't know. I thought it was funny still. And and it, it's just got a, a charm to it mm-hmm. um, that I don't know. Yeah, it is very angry. charming. And like, I don't, I don't know. I guess the aesthetic also probably kind of aids to that kind of camaraderie feel. But like there's like two or three buttons for victory shouts and things and the game conveys the story without ever having like a lore section. Like mm-hmm. you get the story and you feel involved in it all mm-hmm. without it ever telling anything to you just right. through the way the characters talk to each other, the way the characters act. And the fact that like, instead of guilds, there's labor unions and mm-hmm. like you can join one of the three labor unions and there's monthly kind of cycling group missions that your union will be a part of to try to achieve certain things and mm-hmm. get rewards at the end. And there's just tons of stuff in the missions that'll point at like, oh, we're rescuing the last group of dwarves that were here and they goofed up real bad. So don't end up like them or your pension's going to get cut. And it's just <laughs> it just kind of fills this kind of corporate kind of thing but in a yeah. friendlier, kind of happier, in a tongue-in-cheek sort of manner. Yeah, the doors are definitely very blue-collar. Yeah, uh, but in an endearing kind of way. Right. Um, they're not. It's not making fun of that at all. It's. It's just. It's just very much who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. But I, this, I, so then, like, I, I'm just going to go on about the base for it because I. Please do. There's yeah. so much there. Like you said, there's there's yeah. so much in the missions that we haven't experienced because we don't have the ultra hard stuff and we don't have the prestige type stuff or the promotion stuff unlocked. Mm-hmm. But even still, without that, there's still so much that like I feel like we're barely scratching the surface. There, we were in the ice caverns for like the first time the like, like last night, and I got awestruck by how pretty the lighting effects are. Like you mm. get this prismatic. There was a tunnel that we had to go through. And it kaleidoscoped the light all through all of these crystals in the tunnel. And it was just like really, really well done for not being like, I don't think it was Rach. I don't know. I don't know how they did the lighting on that one, but it was it was awesome. Right. But so one of the other things and I actually just started doing this because I'd done it a little bit before. But today, 
basically somebody else did it. And I was like, why don't I do that? It just feels so much better. We had, I jumped into a pug game. A couple of dudes were higher level than me. It was four of us. And like, we just crushed it. We got the secret, the secondary objective. We got all of the like extra stuff. We sat around and dug deeper and got extra equipment and gold and stuff. Everybody was kind of laughing and throwing victory poses at each other and just, everybody worked there was a good amount of synergy and everybody was kind of helping everyone so it felt awesome well only the leader can pick missions in the base at the mission select screen and if they're upgrading their equipment or stuff the base that you're in is huge there's a lot to see or do but the the first thing that one of the guys did was goes and turns on the jukebox which automatically gives a dancing area for two credits which it actually does cost the two credits from like you have like <laughs> fifty thousand, so two is nothing <laughs> right but and then when it ordered a round of beers, there's like a bartending robot and it'll mm-hmm. you order a beer and it pours four beers and then all the four players can go grab the beers. And there's a different set of victory poses that you can do when you're holding a beer. Mm. And then so for the first time, I got to drink one of the like rare beers. Mm. So he had like, I don't remember what it's called, like warp draft or something or wormhole special. That was it. And so it had like a pink bubbly foamy top on it. And there's an animation first person of you chugging the beer. And then you can throw the, the goblets or whatever, just chuck them around because you're a dwarf and that's what you do. But -hmm. when you drink it, you'd teleport to a random location in the base. Oh, nice. (laughs) So, so we both teleported, like it was me and this other guy and we toasted and we both drank and I see him vanish and I'm like, huh, I wonder what happened to him. And then poof, I'm inside the drill that you normally have to be in to launch the mission. But no, but mission had been selected yet. I was like, so how did, did I get, get in here? And then like, yeah, he just like looks and they're like, I think the announcer guy, your boss or supervisor is like, I don't know what you're doing in there, but you need to get out. And the doors open up and you know, like, we both marched nice. out and then like picked up the, the mug again. And like went to like look in it and it did the same thing. It teleported me to a random spot and the mug dropped where I was because I could like still see my it didn't teleport me far away. So I saw my body and I saw the mug like drop. Right. <laughs> and it's just like so then I went and crafted one of the special ones that I could craft for because it just it felt awesome. It felt really cool to have because like when the after the first guy did it, there were the two other beers left. The other two players came in. And they were trying, so we were dancing at the jukebox, and you automatically just do a random dance or a jig or whatever. So mm-hmm. me and the other like high level character are dancing, and the other two are like pick up their beer and they toast and they drink and then they teleport to random locations. And it's just like that feels awesome. That is the most point. It is just a resource sink. You can only spend resources on it. You don't get any special effects, at least that I've seen for like your next right. mission or anything. Right. And it's just fun it's just fun to have and and so like it felt like now after that mission every pub mission that i went into that i that we made it all the way through i would at least buy a round of the cheapest drink and just like as like a thanks like hey thanks for running the game i appreciate it like thanks for hosting it and getting through this mission like good job guys right and and it it makes you kind of feel interred to the character like hmm. you're like i feel more like a dwarf you know like right. I, of of course i'm going to have a beer after i just slaughtered a bunch of aliens in the mine i just got off right. work like 
I'm right. not, I'm not, <laughs> I, I will have a beer in my normal life when I get off work. <laughs> right, right. And, and just like, there's, there's a gravity button somewhere on the base. There's like a big red button that says, don't touch reset gravity. And if you press it, it just knocks gravity out on the whole station for like 10 seconds and everybody's swimming around and then mm-hmm. it powers the gravity back on. And there's just, there's tons of those. There's the barrel kicking area where it's actually like a basketball game and it has a scoreboard. Mm-hmm. Like some of it is like, yeah, it's fun that there's stuff to do for the players that aren't selecting the mission. If the party leader is being slow or if somebody's upgrading their gear, but, but it's, so much more than that because all of it is themed and that's where the bits of story come out and that's where again it just reinforces this camaraderie and and this feeling of fun like you're told not to kick the barrels by the supervisor what are you gonna do you kick barrels all over the base because it doesn't matter it doesn't do anything right yeah no i totally agree um to your point it's 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 something that um, MMOs. Hey, we made it almost an hour oh, before I missed MMO. <laughs> so close. <laughs> but I think it's it's something that MMOs have done for a long time, where they have content that's just not in any way related to playing the what you would consider the core game. Right. Um, like in WoW, in retail WoW. You can, and I love that they call it transmogrify, which I don't know if that word is for anywhere else, but as far as I know, it's from Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that if it didn't start there, it was definitely popularized there. Yeah, because he's always got the transmogrification cardboard box that he gets in that then changes him into anything. Um, So yeah, you can transmogrify all of your gear in WoW so that it can look like any other piece of gear that you've ever unlocked. Like it keeps that in a library. So there's just entire fashion contests that mm-hmm. that are had in World of Warcraft, which has nothing to do. Now, technically, you would have to have obtained the gear, so you might have to go fight the stuff to kill the bots that drops it or whatever. Right. But once you've done it once, you've unlocked it, and now you've just got that from then on. Um, and I think that it it exactly how you kind of explained it. It just it adds it just adds a little bit of soul to the game, mm-hmm. you know where. It, uh, it feels more immersive, maybe, is a better way to yeah. say it. it. It adds where it feels like this is a world as opposed to just a series of pixels and polygons that we're going to click on well, to and pass the time. It, 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 is, it is immersive, and it does add to the character and charm of the game. But I think it also, like, when you buy beer, you don't just buy one beer. You buy a round of beers for the whole team. Mm-hmm. So the That's robot true. will always pour four, even if there's only two players, it pours four. So then two people can drink two each and it doesn't matter, whatever. But like, so you're not just like, oh, well, I'm going to buy me an expensive beer and everybody else can, I'm just going to do my thing. Like, it's not like an arcade cabinet in the back that you're just soloing, waiting for somebody to pick a mission. It's It reinforces in the same way that everybody's skills are meant to work together, it reinforces this, hey, let's work together. Like, And this for me, because I definitely bought beers the other day when you were in the other room of the ship and then drank all of them myself. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 to be fair, though, I wanted to see if it had a drunk mechanic or something. Uh, yeah. Like, what will happen if I drink all the beer, you know, or at least one of them has a drunk mechanic. Cause I did have one that like gate, 
I don't know, it was like some kind of berserker brew or something. They're like an emblem appeared on the screen and then it went over to my player icon. So I wasn't sure if it was like a buff for the next mission. I had to go, but my screen was like fuzzy and hmm. like, yeah, but it, I don't know. It, <laughs> I also had a game where I went and went to buy beers for everybody that we had an awesome game and then was just the host has left like right after I paid for the beers. And it's like, host is left. Uh. Like, oh. <laughs> okay yeah but i'm like it, it just reinforces like now for sure if we're ever playing i just know that i'm gonna buy beers because you're not gonna like if you're hosting the game you're not leaving because right. we're gonna play another match like right 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 yeah no that's yeah that's that that is that is a fun little little touch to it and you get both i mean we've had people because usually when we play one of us is hosting the game and we've had times where people have as soon as the mission's over and we're back to base, they say GG and hop out, yep. which is fine. Yeah. Um, and then we've had other people that stick around and are ready to go do the next mission. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, that is a fun little kind of camaraderie thing that, that adds to it. And again, it goes back to the community. You know, something else that, that I'll mention, and I think you have to do this to unlock the miners union thing, but they've got a Discord set up. Mm-hmm. And the Discord is really active. Yeah. And actually just constantly has people saying advertising missions like, hey, I'm going on this mission, need one more, need two more, whatever. So while the game does support, you can just start a public game and then there's a quick join feature so other people could join. Serverless. Serverless. Yep. Yep. That's filtering options of all kinds of difficulties, mission length, everything. Mm -hmm. But then also you can go in the Discord and meet people that way Mm -hmm. and find groups that way. So, um, And I again, I've yet to see someone just be really toxic and i i mean to some extent i don't know how you could right i mean there was one guy who seemed like he wanted to be toxic because i died like two or three times in a row and had to keep being rezzed over and over and then the last time when i died he said something like dude come on but then i just made light of it in chat i don't remember what i said but I, i said something to just like you know save me bro or i don't know something silly to because I don't like care, mood, you know? right? Yeah, yeah, and and he he totally went with it. He came back down and rezzed me again, and was like, "All right, come on, man, let's go." And that was it. You know, it was over. Like he didn't blow it out. He didn't right. turn it into a wine fest. Now I'm sure if I would have responded with an "fu" or something, then it would have went different. Yeah, but then I'm but... just not rezzing that dude. <laughs> yeah, well, at that point, I'm contributing to the toxicity. Right, if I do that. You right. Know what I mean? So it's like, as long as you aren't don't feel compelled like, I guess to be toxic, you could back. team kill. There is. So you can deal damage to other players. Yeah. But you are also probably going to run out, like you're just going to run yourself out of ammo because ammo is a limited thing. Um, right. You you can call down ammo drops, but again, encouraging the camaraderie, every ammo drop you call down has four slots that pop out of it meant for mm-hmm. four dwarves. Or you can talk with your team and be like, nah, I'm good on ammo. Give it to the gunner. Like give my right. drop to him or whatever, or like, or the engineer has been building platforms all game, and I want him to keep doing that. So give it, you know, give him that extra ammo. I'm good, right? And, right. But it just it's it's always built with four in mind. Even if there's only two, it's built for four in mind. And and having two, having the two extra ammos just means you can come back to it later and restock. Right. Two people can restock twice. Awesome. Right. Yep. But yeah, I don't know. As someone who, I mean, it, it it's hard to not invoke Minecraft because you're running around first person in this kind of voxel cave 
that's procedurally generated and you're digging for stuff. So it, 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 there, there are certainly shades of Minecraft, but, but it's not really like Minecraft in any other way almost. Um, but I don't know. I really enjoy, I really enjoy going and exploring the caves and looking for resources. And mm -hmm. I feel a, accomplishments, probably too strong of a word, but like a sense of excitement when I find another gold vein or another, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, or Oh, Hey, there's, there are those, those senses of like puzzlement where it's like, man, there's a rare resource on the ceiling, but we don't have an engineer. Like, right. and the digger can't get to the, like the ceiling. It's like way up there. Like, what can we do? Can we find a way to get this? Or do we just have to abandon it? You know, like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, I definitely, we were playing the other day and we had a situation where the group was all defending whatever the objective was, which was what we were supposed to be doing, but we needed one more flower to get our secondary oh, yeah, objective. Our bonus. And there was one, like, there was one that had been attached to some structure that had been, the structure had been torn down, but the flower didn't, it, it doesn't have physics, right. so it doesn't also fall. So it's just suspended in midair. And so while everyone else is fighting, I definitely took the time to drill myself up all the way into the wall higher than the flower and then jump off and grab it, you know, while falling through the air. Which is completely, you know, it, I'm not actually contributing to the primary objective of defending. Oh, the yeah, thing. we were dying. <laughs> right, right. We weren't really dying. We were fighting a lot of aliens. <laughs> there was a lot. There was a lot. But I felt like we wanted to complete the second we objective. Did. Yeah, I was worried that everybody so, was going to leave without completing it. Because I was like, I want the bonus, you know. Right, right. We're right. so close. And then, yeah, it just said, secondary objective completed. Good job. And you're like, yes. And I was like, <laughs> Thank you. I had no I, I was really confused for a second. I'm like, how are we completing the secondary objective while I'm still on fire? Like Right. But it's just it's it's fun to be able to go do little things like that. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't force you into to doing one thing or another. You can kind of pick your own priority. Well yeah, you know it's I mean? like when I'm the scout, I like take my role seriously. Like I will try to jump ahead of a group to scout to see what's in the next area and then i'll mark all of the gems on the walls or whatever i'll shoot a flare in and mm -hmm. like set the zone up for when the rest of the group arrives or when we're leaving i'll leave flares trails behind me to like make it like i feel like i'm the scout my job is to scout things you know like it, it just well and we you kind of mentioned it earlier but we we saw some guys the other day that were doing things that we hadn't even thought of i mean they're not that wild but we just hadn't thought of using it that way, but like we had a driller and engineer in our group and uh, the bug swarm came mm -hmm. and the driller, instead of digging somewhere, used his drills to flatten an area so that we had a kind of a flat play space. All around operate. the, they called the ammo drop down and they, mm -hmm. did it, they flattened the whole area around the ammo drop. So it was nice and smooth. Yep. And then the engineer with his platforms was able to attach platforms to a wall and then kind of up above us so that we actually had a ceiling because stuff will drop in from above and whatever. So we had like a, a very easy to negotiate piece of terrain to move around on and cover above. Yep. And that's not necessarily the, you know, at least obvious intended purpose of those abilities. Right. Cool to see someone be creative in that. Well, way. and so fast too, because it, because like, it wasn't like we were in the middle of nowhere. We were close to a wall and the driller did kind of drill into the wall some to make this alcove. And then the engineer used the top of what little bit of alcove to like extend it out further. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it, they were just on it. They was just instant that it was like swarm incoming and they, you saw them shift. 
They're just right. playing, they just went straight into go time, building this defensible impromptu bunker. And it's like, right. but it's like, yes, of course, dwarves would do that. Like they right. would build a little mini fortress in the middle mm. of a, like space dwarves with space guns are going to build a little dwarven fortress in the middle of this bug hive. Like, yeah, it's just, it's so fitting. It is. It is. But yeah, I would I would highly I mean, especially if someone's, you know, out there listening has played Left for Dead or Vermintide or an, another game that we actually didn't bring up, um, but that I had mentioned to you that I thought that kind of was reminiscent of is Helldivers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it is very much so reminiscent of how Helldivers kind of works, mm -hmm. because like as you get more gear, you can swap your loadouts. I don't think you could swap out like your movement tech yet, but there's room for that to change in the future. I mean, they're, mm -hmm. they're adding a fair bit of content like I went back and looked at some of their old updates and just kind of how they've progressed and yeah they've been adding a ton of content to the game so but you can swap out your primary and secondary weapons get more upgrades and stuff so you can start tailoring your character to how you want to play right right yeah absolutely and well and just just adding a variety so that it's not just the same every single time mm -hmm. like i could the driller starts with a flamethrower but the second weapon primary weapon you can unlock is a freeze flamethrower <laughs> like a cryo, cryo gun. gun but that just that that very much changes the way that that's going to play out mm -hmm. and so it's just another way to play which is which is also cool um but yeah i, I would say anyone that's played co-op games like that before you kind of have an idea of what you're in for and and this one is is excellent it's 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 not it's that difficult easy. either no yeah i think later it might be sure. but it's not start right. right yeah and you can always play in easier missions like mm -hmm. and we see tons of high level players jumping into our games which means there's at least some value to it whether they're just wanting to help newbies or whatever like yeah i wonder when they're doing that if it's a quick join or if they went to a server list and we're like oh there's two level five couple of five let's guys let's let's show yeah. them how 122 does it you know like <laughs> <laughs> right right but yeah, well, oh, I guess actually one other thing to mention that we didn't really talk about that much is there's a pretty heavy amount of customization cosmetically mm -hmm. that's available in the game. Um, and honestly, a lot of it, I like some of some of the stuff I can see already, like there's different hats I can buy, different beards I can buy, that kind of stuff. But there's like slots for, I don't know, at least 20 different color palettes. Mm -hmm. And I think I have one additional color palette unlocked on two different guns. Yep. And I'm not really sure how to continue unlocking the more, more of them. Maybe I that's did, the So I did have one game where a guy like a driller found one of the downed dwarves. And, and it's also great. There's a lot of just impromptu voice stuff. Like when another dwarf enters your mission, if you're in a public game and then you get a new hire in your dwarf will be like, Hey, have we met before? And like little things right. like that. Well, so the digger drilled in this tunnel and just was like, oh, this one's name was Grayskull. And he was uh, like, gave this little quick history thing. Just like a super short snippet. And is like, looks like he rested here. And right. then it just had loot, like skins that you could pick up. Like there was a skin unlock in there. You've talked about this before, but there was a GDC that you watched, I don't know, a few years ago, a, a speech at a GDC or a presentation. And I can't remember the word that they used, but they were talking basically about like they were they were using some word to describe like basically polish Jeez. in a game. 
Okay. Yeah. So that's um. Oh God. Name. Stand on that if you don't mind. Yeah. So juicing again. It was popularized by the guy that did Nuclear Throne. Okay. He's done just a ton of other games. I think he started with something like Super Crate Box. I don't know if that's the same guy, but mm -hmm. he's made a ton of ton of games. Um, but they call it like the juice factor, and a game is like a game can be fine, but just a little bit of screen shake when something explodes is juice. That's the polish, the step that goes above and beyond. It's non-mechanical. It's just something that enhances the game, like particle effects, button animations. Like a button works if you click on it, it does something. But if a button depresses when you click on it or changes color or something, any little thing beyond the functionality is juicing your game up. So a real right. juicy game has, it doesn't mean that it's earthquakingly screen shake all the time, but it means it has a lot of these little details kind of baked into it in such a way that it's very seamless. Yeah, I, I and the reason I wanted to bring that up is I would I think it's fair to say that this game has a lot of yeah, juice. Yeah, it's a juicy game. Right, right, and I think that that I think that that is a big part of what's so appealing about it um, mm -hmm. is that it, it it constantly because like and it made me think of it when you were describing that like it's not important that it that it explains like how a how the the history of that dead dwarf right. we found. But the fact that it does just adds just a tiny well, little and bit. And of... I'm sure, depending on which character discovers it, because the driller was the first one to walk into that space, and he said it. Just right. as, like, when a new dwarf comes in, if I'm standing next to him, i like, greetings, new guy, or, like, thanks for joining us. And I'm not pushing mm -hmm. a button to make that happen. My right. character's automatically doing that. But when I'm the person that's jumping in and that happens, I already feel welcomed to the game. And I think it right. again, it's this it's feeling of camaraderie that is just nudged along. It's not like forced, but it's nudged along by these things that are outside of your control. Where you're welcomed to a game and thanked for joining, and nobody has any control of doing that. <laughs> like <laughs> the game is thanking you for joining a team. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, uh, Overwatch actually has a lot of little. Um, scripted or automated voice things that will happen in the course of a game that I think are really cool. Like in Overwatch, they'll like someone will be like, so-and-so's behind you or look out behind you or whatever. Right. Um, that, that's kind of a nice little touch. So it, it kind of reminded me of that. Um, I did, while we were, <laughs> while, while we were talking here, I did look it up. Yes. The guy who made nuclear throne did make super crate box. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanted to give you that. Thank you. Uh, he also made Luft Rousers. Um, and then Nuclear Throne, and then Gun Gods looks like the most. Gun Gods is an FPS about gun gangster rap and the rich culture of Venus. Okay. Yep. Sounds about um, like. A... What's his name, please? Because I forget it all the time. Flam Beer. Flam Beer. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. And any GDC talk, I don't care if you're into game dev or not, watch a Flam Beer dev talk because he's fun and hilarious but also kind of brutally direct in this real eye-opening kind of way like mm. he will ask game devs he'll be like give me your game pitch in eight words or less and literally cut people off at eight words and move to the next one like and, <laughs> but he's like he's like i'm not trying to be mean he's like that's how much time you have to hook someone right like that's all you get and if you right. can't do it for me 
you're not going to do it for a play anyway. Huge side talk, but any talk that Vlambeer is in is hilarious, amazing, and eye-opening. And mm. even if you're not a game dev, watch a Vlambeer talk. They're really good. And then go watch the last game I make before I die, along with all of the other talks by Butterscotch Shenanigans. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, is there anything else that you wanted to chat about with so, relation to Deep Rock? I did something today in Deep Rock that I don't usually do in a lot of games. I talk about sometimes wanting to do, but very rarely do I do it. Did you buy DLC? I bought DLC. Wow. <laughs> Not just one. I bought a DLC pack. Wow. Now, I didn't get the gold supporter pack. I'm sorry, guys. It's a great game. It's worth the gold supporter pack, but I, I, there was nothing in there that I wanted. I don't want golden guns. I'm just not gaudy. I've seen people with the, like, deep, like, deep sea skull mask thing. Like, eh, I don't really. I want more right, right. beards. No, I right. wanted the Tron suits and the, like, corporate mecha guns. So, nice. yeah, I, they were both part of a pack, so I bought the pack. Took me a little bit to figure out how to actually, like, put skins on guns, because it wasn't just the pattern, it's the the actual 3D model of the gun. So mm. there's, like, a little box icon that changes what model you, you're using. And then there's a skin selector that you can put your skins on top of your new models. But yeah, so now I have a dwarf and essentially hyped up Tron armor that was like $7 and a couple of corporate guns that was, I think the pack was like $11 on sale for both or normally like $7 each. It It's a little frustrating because I would say that the total content of the pack is definitely probably worth $7 because there's just new guns for primary, secondary weapons of every character. But I don't play every character. I am a scout. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's I true. Eventually, now, play the other characters, and I'm sure I, I, I would highly it. encourage you to because I started out playing. I think the very first thing I played was the engineer because it has a, a sentry yep, turret. You're all about pets. pets. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'll do that, and then I did the gunner, um, and because I wanted to do the zip line, mm -hmm. and I wanted to be able to traverse because I'd played a game as the engineer. Where even though you have the platforms, it's hard to get across large chasms right. still. Um, and then and then after we played with the driller, I continued playing the gunner for a while. And then finally I was like, you know what? I got to try the driller. And honestly, I like all of the classes. I've played the scout a tiny amount. Um, but yeah, I, I, I definitely suggest. I played all, the gunner in like one other class. I just love I'm you know me. I'm a picket and stick with it kind of person. And I want to at least get one character promoted. Like, I want to see what that's like. So that's valid. That's valid. Some of us and don't have a bunch of characters at 58 and a half. And <laughs> the, the disappointing, maybe the most disappointing part of that is that you don't play WoW <laughs> and have never even have never even had an account. So that actually doesn't mean anything to you. Yep. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> we're, this is one of those times where we're fortunate that, that we keep this show clean and not explicit <laughs> so that more people can listen because there are explicit things I would like to say right now that I'm, Oh, you love me. So. You love me. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually you're right. I, I am definitely an altaholic. Um, and it, and it honestly, actually what I just, the, the justification I just gave for why you should try the others is the reason that I have a ton of alt and MMOs because yeah. 
to me, it's super interesting. Again, like if you play Call of Duty, there's there's one or Halo or what? There's one guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can try other weapons, uh, but you just unlock those as you go. You don't start right. With, you know everything open. Right. Um, but to play a game where there's different classes and the gameplay experience is actually changed mm -hmm. because of it. And especially in something like this, where, like I said, like as the engineer, you've got some cool tricks, but good luck getting across a chasm. Right. Or as if you don't have a driller and you're in one of those missions where you need to find eggs that are hidden all around the map, the driller really simplifies. Oh yeah. That, you know? Without him, you're <laughs> just like, I'm just hacking at a wall. Well, boy. Mm -hmm. Hoping to find it. Um, but yeah, no, it really is that. I, 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 I do just enjoy seeing the different ways that you can play. But I had the thought the other day when I had switched to the driller from the gunner, because the, the max level for a character or a class is like 25. Right. Uh, that's when you can promote. I got the gunner to like 10 and then was like, all right, I'm going to switch to the driller. So I, I switched that and started playing it. Liked it a lot. So then started doing that. And then I was like, well, maybe I should try the engineer more again to get the sentry gun. And then I was like, you know what? I'm never going to promote a character <laughs> ever. I'm well, never going to. I mean, so that's how I play a lot of like ARPGs and stuff is I will generally go in and just pick whatever the first thing is. In fact, kind of in the same way that I bought the DLC is I was thinking about like, oh, it be kind of looks kind of cool. I kind of want it. I'm like, it's seven dollars. Just do it. Just get the thing that you want. It's OK. I, right. I, it's not like I've been spending, I still haven't gotten my stimulus PC, although these $7 purchases is not how one saves money. It's chipping away. I know, away. but yeah. I was just like, I'm just going to do it. Well, it's that. And instead of like, cause I don't know when I'm going to burn out. So I might as well just maximize my enjoyment right now and have all the cool flashy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think there's, I think there's wisdom in that. Um, it's a totally different game. Oh man! Now it just eluded me as soon as I as soon as I as soon as I said that. So there's Monster Hunter World, and I'm opening my Epic. <laughs> if anyone watching the stream just saw Black Box flash up, because I want to look and see what this game is is called. Because I'm I'm not remembering off the top of my head. Dauntless. That's okay. it. So Dauntless is like a free to play Monster Hunter type of game. Right. I mean, it's not Monster Hunter, but it's that theme. Um, and I, I don't play it anymore. I mean, I haven't talked about it on our show at all, right? So it was over a year ago when I tried it. But it's got a battle pass, which mm. is replaced loot boxes, I guess, yeah. now is the, the new thing. Um, and I normally am one that doesn't do, don't do loot boxes, don't do battle passes usually, just like you don't do a lot of the cosmetic DLCs. Right. But it was the same kind of thing where I was like, you know what, like, I, I was having fun with it while I was playing it. And I was like, it's 10 bucks and it's a free to play game. So, you know what? I'm just going to throw the 10 bucks. And it turned out that I only played for a couple more weeks. Didn't get to the end of the battle class. Have uninstalled the game since then. It's okay. Yeah. Like, well, and, okay. and some to the point we talked about a little bit about this the other day, just personally, it was like a couple of points. One, we bought the game on sale. So I'm yeah. okay. I still have that breadth of money before I like reach <laughs> not really but to, to no, some point it. it's it's like oh well you know i got it on sale so i'm okay putting more money yeah. at it and if you throw another seven you're still not to the 30 right. it would have cost if you want it to be right and yeah. i am so much more willing to give money to even a b studio it doesn't have to be an indie dev so much as just like not ea 
Uh, hashtag, hashtag never yay. <laughs> or Bethesda now because we can't play Fallout 76 on the free weekend. Well, Go on. mostly just Fallout. But I'm not, I'm not, had a point. <laughs> no, I'm not going to argue about Fallout 76 right now. You can't no man sky your way into this one. It <laughs> I'm letting you go. We'll I'm letting be you on go. Here for I'm being hour. Just we just need to have a <laughs> anyway. Um, it wasn't a sixty dollars title. Cosmetic DLCs bother me a lot more in a sixty dollars AAA title because I'm paying full price for a game that you can include an extra pair of pants in. Like you could literally include a literal pair of pants with your game and still make money give mm -hmm. me the digital one like or when content well, feels like it was specifically carved out like day one dlcs where it's like like premium gold version only but it's actually just a whole series of levels for the game like fine if you get your golden supporter gun i don't care for pre-ordering but if you get like a story mission that i don't get like mm, that's a little that's a little yeah sure yeah no, I think that um, I think there's there's some truth to that, and I, I I think it I think it's also I like that they're just selling the skins, that it's not a chance to get the skin that you want, aka a loot box, right? Like right. the fact that it's and it's not and in the game it's not constantly pushing you. No, it's just it's only on the intro screen. You don't even see the stuff that you can't buy or that you can't equip. Like it doesn't say. Like purchase to continue or 400 gems. If you go into your skin browser, you only see what you've unlocked. You see nothing that. Yeah. Additionally, it's not just buying the the skin. The only way to buy it is as a pack. So I got armor upgrades and two different helmets for all four classes. All I got right. weapon upgrades and a new skin weapon or a new skin for my weapons for all weapons for all four classes. So that you refuse to play. Go on. Who's got 58 and a half know. jokes? Go on. Go it's, on. It's fine. It's fine. That's how we go. <laughs> I will eventually, like, I didn't even get to that point. Like in ARPG, I'll usually beat the game with one, whatever I latch on to, and then I'll play through, like, half the game with all of the other characters, and then I'll burn out. So right. That I will probably prestige one and then play to level five or so with all the others before I figure out, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think that this could be a game, though, where, um, because at least so far, so in in Payday 2, I had a really great co-op experience with Payday 2. I had three other friends that were all down to play it right when we started, and we had an awesome time with it, except Payday 2 is, on its surface, it looks like it's a game about robbing banks and jewelry stores, and what, it looks like a heist right. game, but it's really what they call a siege shooter, Okay, where waves of enemies and that's really the meat of the gameplay but it is possible at least in some of the missions uh, at least when i played years ago now to get through the whole bank robbery without actually triggering an alarm and so there are the cops getting called so then you avoid the seed shooter part right. and you really do just do a heist but the game isn't really built with that in it's mind feel very rewarding when... to do that <laughs> no it does actually it's just that it's it's got I don't think that they thought people were going to try and do that a ton. So they, because, so there's just a lot of ways it can go wrong. And sometimes mechanics don't work like you thought they were supposed to, or like they have in previous playthroughs. 
so you can just kind of get janked out of it you know what i right. mean um but anyway and then they started releasing new missions and all of the new missions you couldn't stealth through it's like you're gonna go into a, a drug lab and steal stuff and then the drug dealers are coming after you and there's nothing right. you can't avoid it it's just built into the scripting of the mission so it forced it to be a seed shooter and honestly i just i just didn't think it was that fun of a game as a seed shooter i, I would there are other shooters i would rather play if that's what i'm going to do right with deep rock galactic though i don't so i guess my point is that like in payday the way that we played that we thought was so fun was actually kind of subverting the intended way to play i guess you could right. say and in deep rock that's not what we're doing no. like we're not subverting something we're just playing exactly as far as we know at least how they intend you to play so my hope is that this will be something that we can go back to you know, I doubt we play it for a thousand hours no. in the next month, but even if we now play daily or, or every other day or whatever, frequently, even if that subsides in six months, I think this is something that we could easily pick back up and jump back into and have fun with again, because it, it, it there's just nothing about it that's upsetting. Right. Yeah. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I said, even there's not been a game yet where at the end of it, I felt any kind of negative emotion no like and there is even times in like i don't know like a diablo or whatever i'm like man i'm not getting good pulls or this riff run just doesn't have good mo like mob density like ugh. like there's right. always something and i i mean i'm generally i try not to be i'm trying to get better at it but i'm generally kind of a complainer like i like to find the faults in games i just mm. i'm a process improvement person so i try to find what's broken so i can figure out how to fix it I just can't fix games, <laughs> right. but that mindset leads me to seeing a lot of faults in things. And I just don't see, it's not that, like you said, it's not like it's making me cry tears of this is the best game ever created, but it also just has nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm not yeah, even I, a big fan of this genre. Like, you've never really played anything other than Helldivers, not, yeah, right? Like, Helldivers this... and I mean, I've done co-op shooting but even for like first person shooters it's very hit or miss for me and kind of a departure but i am curious like how is it that you never checked out like a left for dead i like, own, i think i own left for dead and left for dead 2 okay i just never i hmm. think just never did it i spent a lot of, a lot of my gaming too for at least kind of like by the time we met uh was while my then girlfriend now wife would be like watching tv and she was totally cool with me gaming as long as i was like in the same room that's when i picked up laptops and started getting like a gaming laptop and stuff and i could have like one headphone on as long as i was at least passively engaged in watching the show or whatever and could kind of chat about it which i usually just was but that yeah. meant that I would play a lot of single player games with a pause, because if we're watching a show that I'm like marginally interested in, I'm probably just going to play through the boring parts and then engage for the big dramatic reveals or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, or maybe pause for 20 minutes and just end up staying on pause. But I definitely couldn't have a mic and a headset on while she's trying to watch TV while I'm sitting like right next to her on the couch. Right, um, right, right. So in even like even Diablo three for me for the most part was a single player experience um, for a long while. 
Uh, yeah. But like Terraria, mostly single player. Kerbal Space Program, only sing- well, mostly only single player. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of even just like Doom and stuff like that. Uh, mostly spent, you know. But now that we have kind of the home office, we're married now. There are days where she wants me to be away for a while, so you know. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I was just curious. I didn't mean it as a challenge as much. I was just curious because you like zombie stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. and it's not EA; it's Valve, right? Yeah. So, no, for sure. Um. So yeah, I was just just curious. Nah, just uh, mostly of when it was open as a thing to do. Um, I wasn't around to really have the opportunity to do it, so. Gotcha. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, well, yeah, like I said, I, I highly suggest it for anyone to pick up. If you've got a buddy or two to play with, it's probably even more fun. But honestly, again, I mean, both of us have played independent of one another and still had a good time with it. So yeah. I think that they're fun for, and for all. We didn't even talk about the single player. <laughs> oh, right. You, you said a, you wanted to get, you get a Just really briefly, if you don't want to group up with other people, you get a robot to follow you named Bosco. And Bosco is this cute little hover drone that has dual pickaxe arms and you can just point him at stuff. So if you don't have an engineer to build you a platform or you don't have a zip line, you just point Bosco at it and he like R2D2 like and goes and just mines the crap out of that wall. Like he just burns through it. He's got a little machine gun on him that'll help protect you. And then you can also manually control, a, like upgrade him to get a rocket launcher later. And you can use a mm. manual button to take out armored targets or set up defensible areas. So he is your player too. And and it, this controls are seamless. They work almost the same way they do in multiplayer, except instead of tagging something and hoping that your teammates see it, you tag something and the robot goes and does it. Um, right. I did think the missions take a lot longer in single player because the maps yeah. are actually pretty big. And yep. like we said, you only get so many flares at a time. They regenerate, but you only have like three or four available and they're maybe on like a 30 second regeneration cycle. So having four mm-hmm. players just means alternating between those players to throw flares down a hallway is a lot better than single player kind of sitting in a room, chucking one or running through the dark or something like it's a little bit creepier. It's still not really creepy. The bug aliens kind of look cute, like for being no eyed yeah. snarling insectoids. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Well, so something that you'd mentioned earlier is just uh, personally, I would say that I don't think there's any reason that you shouldn't play online because you don't have to be in voice chat. You don't have to, you don't have to be that invested in the other players to get the benefit of right. them. And the game, as we've described a lot, is intuitive enough and designed well enough that it's not like you don't know what you're supposed to do. Whereas, like, I tried to play, I I was really interested in the Call of Duty Zombies mode. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a really popular thing that I've never actually really tried. And so I I think I tried it maybe Black Ops 2. I think that's the one we all Mm -hmm. played. And I tried it, and it is not clear what you do in that advance. And so it's it it's not fun to jump into a pug in that because likely the people who are in that know what they're doing. And when you don't, to their credit, I mean, they're not being toxic necessarily. It's like you just won't survive very long right. if you don't do the right stuff. And they're very specific things that you need to do. It's not intuitive that that's how it would work. And if you don't do it, you just kind of wipe and they're like, what are you doing? Right. You know, 
and and so it, it it turned me off almost immediately from trying to get into it because I felt like I'm wasting other people's time and I don't know where to go learn about right. it. Whatever. It's just not it wasn't inviting. Uh, and DRG is not like we that did not. All. The training is short, like the tutorial stuff is very short and mm -hmm. neither one of us wikied anything at least mm -hmm. until 20 hours in when we started seeing essentially end game content and wondering yeah. what it is. How does it work? Right. Um, right. So if you can get 20 hours out of a game, like good luck Minecraft or Terraria, your first 20 hours, not finding a wiki like. <laughs> right. Right. And honestly, I mean, as we said the other day, like, honestly, even if I never played it again from now, which is not going to happen, but even if that was true. Oh, yeah, I got my money's worth. Hours is good. Yeah. I mean, Mass Effect, I played through, and I get Mass Effect's a 13-year-old game, so dated a little bit as a reference, but I played through all of Mass Effect as a $60 title and did every bit of content I could, and I think I finished it like 24 hours, and that's the whole thing, right. you know what I mean? So um, the fact that we've gotten that amount of mileage out of this and don't feel... I mean, you've played one character, basically, mm -hmm. and neither of us have scratched the surface of promoting a character or seeing what the harder difficulties right. are like or anything. So there's still a lot to unpack. And uh, um, the, the kind of the last thing, if you did want, like you don't have a buddy, but you do want to experience multiplayer again, like I said, the DRG discord has 32 open pods for voice channels. And most of them are just full of four players. Um, it has an in-game voice chat as well. Uh, so mm -hmm. that's built in, but if you'd like to make some new friends or practice your social anxiety skills like this guy, then, uh, going in and saying hello, fellow humans in a random discord server is totally an option. Right. Right. But yeah, there's, there's no, there's nothing intimidating about this game, I guess. Is right. Yeah, no, so, for sure. So I encourage anyone to dive in. Yep. It's a good game. So that's all for our episode today. Please join the discussion by tweeting your thoughts to us at P-U-Y-S-Pod or follow us there to get a notification on our stream times. Check out the links below for many other ways of getting a hold of us from email to Discord. We would love to hear and discuss your thoughts. If you like this episode, please rate, star, thumbs up, and review us wherever you're listening and tell a friend about us. It really does make a difference. All of our links will be available in the show notes, and if you want more of Walker's personal insights on pretty much everything in life not related to gaming, check out his other podcast, The Walk Show, which is available everywhere podcasts are found. <laughs>